Your move, creep. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. That is one good kind of show. Why, oh why didn't I pick Luke? It's all part of the plan. Thank you! Thank you, I'll be here all week! You're listening to Greek Cuts with me, Malthus Fanadets. And uh, this is the pilot episode, so be sure to leave feedback for me on the forum post. This is an interview with Bobson Dugner. Enjoy. Bobson, yeah, welcome to the, the podcast. Thank you very much for volunteering. Thanks for having me on. I've known you for the last two years as being someone who puts out a lot of um, extended edits. You've pretty much had a pretty steady release, haven't you? Kind of monthly, you've put out an edit. Yeah, I just, I have lots of free time and I think I've kind of got a workflow going where I'm like, okay, like I, I can see the Blu-ray, I can see the deleted scenes. I'll kind of, in my mind, go like, I, I can just, I just need to do that, that and that. And then, yeah, I've kind of, in the past, like, a year, couple years, obviously I've been doing them since, what was it, 2017? I think I, I put out, it was either Back to the Future or I think Captain America the Winter Soldier first, um, where I've kind of, since then, I've, I've really got a rhythm going, and I think I can turn them around pretty quick. Um, but other, other times, they, I kind of lull on some stuff. Um, where I've got to like either fix some like blue screen that hasn't been done, or I've got to cut out effects, and those kind of take a little longer. Um, yeah, some of the, some of the quickest, like uh, uh, for instance, Age of Ultron. I think that took me the longest out of any of my extended cuts, purely because there was like so much stuff that needed to be done, audio wise, music wise, sound effects, visual effects, mm. whatever else. And obviously, I had a lot of help from guys on the forums. And the forums are great for, you know, help like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's probably Age of Ultron and maybe Return of the... Return, well, not Return of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith are probably my two, maybe most, uh, like, extensive extended cuts, I would probably say. Yeah, because you, you're, you're quite good at mining the uh, the resources, not just the deleted scenes. You go to trailers and take content from that as well. Um, you, you, were, you were also excellent at... Um, replacing or completing deleted contents in unfinished effects which is really good i was just looking 68 68 edits yeah. you put out that's ridiculous yeah when i when i first got on the site i looked at like I, I would always just scroll through the database and go like you know what what edits should i look at and what should i watch and i always saw a digital man and i was like boy that guy has so many edits like how he put out so many and now I'm pretty sure, like, he only ever put out, like, 52 or something. And so now I've, oh, wow. I've done more than him. So it, it's a weird feeling because I, I kind of used to look up to that. I was like, wow, he's got a million different, but I've kind of surpassed that now. So it's it's strange. Yeah, you, you're, um, your first edit was uh, way back uh, way back when with Captain America Winter Soldier Defrosted Edition. Um, it's it's a really really well loved edit as well. Nine point nine twenty reviews, really uh, really really popular. Yeah, even though it's not it's not too extensive as an edit, it's like I think it's like five scenes and like two other little kind of there's a couple shots and extra lines. Um, but I, I worked on that with because that was my first edit. Uh, Digmod. I guess. Oh, yeah. Again, I've never said his name out loud, but he he really. You know, worked with me and like gave really good feedback and helped out as well. 
Um, yeah, and that, that was that was something I was really proud of that edit. And whenever I watch the movie now, I watch my own edit. I can kind of I kind of still know to look out for like okay, you know this scene's coming up now and this line's coming up. I kind of do that with it with some of my edits, but. Oh, that's amazing. I actually hadn't realised you had that many uh, releases. I, I knew I'd watched like every month you, you put out something, so I was expecting like 24, but crikey, 68, that's that's really something. Yeah, I, I didn't even realise until you said the number. My God. <laughs> so um, what is it that appeals to you when you're looking at sort of media? Are you, are you um, buying Blu-rays because they happen to have deleted scenes or do you buy a film because you think, oh yeah, I like this film, but I'd love to see more effectively? Uh, usually, usually I buy the Blu-ray, uh, if it's got either, like, obviously deleted scenes, I do love, but if it's got, I, I like the film and I will re-watch it, or it's got good bonus features or whatever, mm. like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really enjoyed, um, like, Parasite or whatever, and I, I go to buy the Blu-ray, and there's, there's, not, there's, like, a couple featurettes, I think, but there's not too much on there, so usually I'll just stream it, mm. but if it's like, oh, you know, I, I like, say, X-Men Dark Phoenix, but there's a whole hour and 20 minute long documentary on there, deleted scenes commentary. I'll kind of buy yeah. it um, as well. And obviously I'm a sucker for deleted scenes and uh, stuff that was cut out, lost versions of films, longer cuts, that sort of thing. It, it really appeals to me, that kind of stuff. But just the idea of, you know, what, what if this movie was different? What if it was not necessarily longer, but like, you know, what, what do they cut out to... Um, get to the final film and obviously I've made not feature films but like short stuff short films in uni and I've obviously had to kill I've had to cut out stuff and kill kill my little darlings that I love I love that phrase um so I can kind of I kind of understand exactly what it's like to cut something out mm. but yeah usually I don't just I don't just add stuff back because oh what if it was longer um like m- most recently I did I've done X-Men Apocalypse, which I don't think is out yet, mm. um, but there's a scene towards the end where, like, Cyclops gets his visor, um, and he just goes like, oh, this is cool, but I hope the kids around school don't start calling me Cyclops, <laughs> and it's kind of like... It's a bit on the nose. Crap. So so I just I just didn't put it back in. I, I, don't, I don't like making an extended cut purely just because. Mm. I kind of think if it really does add something, and I, I really enjoy that stuff, then... I'll put it back in. Yeah, and it isn't always just um, extended content because obviously you had your um, your Spider Man pilot episode where you cut down Sam Raimi's movie to make it almost mm-hmm. like uh, an unaired TV show, and um, that's been really well received as well. Yeah, that that was that was a lot of fun to do as well. I kind of I like doing more of the the fan mix sort of stuff. I don't I don't do it very often, um, but the fan mix and the fan fix sort of stuff, like um, obviously with Spider Man. Like, two of my favourite edits to work on was the Sp- my Spider-Man 3 edit. Oh, yeah. Um, which, not the Spider-Man 3.1, which everyone loves and everyone always asks for, but the Spider-Man 3, The Enemy Within, right. which cuts out, it's like 25 minutes worth of stuff or whatever. And the Amazing Spider-Man 2 edit, which, they were some of my favourite ones to work on. So, you also had the um, Escape from Colorado uh, which is a, a bit of a short where you took some pretty janky footage, didn't you? And uh, you yeah. up, is that did you use Topaz to upscale that? Yeah, it was it was upscaling stuff that I kind of I, I toyed with because it's just presented on the on the Blu-ray and on the DVD as kind of like a a real work print, like 
VHS quality stuff. Mm. Um, and there's a little featurette on the Blu-ray as well with like about that, where they've used like nice HD looking footage of this whole sequence, but uh, they don't put it on there looking nice. So yeah, I just I chuck that in the upscaler and then it came back out and played with it more. See, see like you know. What else needed to be done? Did it need to be upscaled using a different method or um, a different algorithm or anything? Or did it just need color work? And yeah, it took a little while to do. But I do like upscaling a lot. I think it's really, especially that AI stuff, it really works for a lot of cases. Yeah, so that was going to be our uh, focus for this this sort of episode, which is going to be using AI technology to, to sort of create our edits so I, you mentioned topaz when we discussed this earlier and, and mentioned uh la lal ai which both of which i've used are there other programs you've used or is it just those two it's for ai stuff it's mainly those two um other than like using the photoshop like content aware tool and then in after effects yeah um but i would say definitely like those 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 two are really like versatile um programs so what have you specifically used the Topaz software for? And uh, what limitations have you kind of rubbed up against? Uh, usually it's it's deleted stuff. Um, that's standard definition. Usually it'll be just on the Blu-ray that's they've reused from the DVD. And typically if it's like really nice and like clean and like it's it, when it's closer to DVD quality, like just the regular movie, it works really well and it makes it kind of look sharp and it cleans up kind of all that, these, the digital compression and the artifacts. And it can, it can look really good and it can look really strong. Um, but sometimes when it's, it's non-anamorphic widescreen, that can really mess stuff up. I was playing around with stuff from, I think it was from Garden State, and it just, it kind of, it, it looked okay once you blew it up and you upscaled, but it didn't quite have that same... Uh, crispness that some other footage does um th there are absolutely limitations where it's it, like vhs footage it can look really good sometimes but a lot of the time when you blow it up it doesn't quite look right mm -hmm. and same with um yeah just really low quality dvd stuff and yeah i, I would say definitely an advantage of it is um, sometimes Blu-ray Blu-ray footage upscales upscales really nicely to 4K if you ever try that sort of stuff. Mm. There was there was some blue screen stuff I was trying to do or some green screen stuff. I don't remember what editor it was, but it was like it it looked really janky once you tried doing chroma key with the straight off the Blu-ray. But I then I blew it up to 4K, tried it again, and it looked really good. Um, so I guess probably the best footage to use with Topaz is something that's kind of it's not bad looking to begin with. If you start with really dark, muddy, cloudy looking footage and you try and upscale it, it's not... It can kind of introduce a lot worse problems where it just smooths everyone's faces out. Oh, that yeah. That sort of thing. And it doesn't look great. We, um, me and Wake Up Keo were working on some upscaling tests on a Blade Runner deleted scene. And obviously the city mm -hmm. of Blade Runner, it's got a lot of neon light sources it's got heavy rain and sort of smoke and trying to upscale that there were so many random factors that the, the the features on people just became nightmarish sort of wax characters they um they really didn't look particularly pleasant 
yeah, with with wide shots, especially like you were talking about Blade Runner, it it doesn't it can't quite do little details like all the lights and everything. It kind of mushes everything mm. together. It works great with close ups, really really good. But once you get to those wides where it's got yeah little things in the distance, it kind of just smooths that right over, and you lose a lot of that detail. Not to say that there wasn't that detail in the first place, but you kind of it just it sheens it over. Really, I attempted to use it um, on some deleted scenes for Constantine, Keanu Reeves' um, Constantine film, but it upscaled to a quality that just wasn't really anywhere approaching the Blu-ray, and I, I put on hold that edit purely because I couldn't quite find a way to to make the deleted scenes marry up well enough. Um, I think maybe a good compromise sometimes with DVD stuff that won't upscale sometimes doing it um, not as full HD, but as 720, mm. I think uh, can produce a lot of good results. Instead of trying to take that, the 480 footage and blowing it up to 720, I meant instead of blowing it up to 1080, just take it back to mm. 720 and obviously bring the Blu-ray down to 720. I think it kind of, it, it's, it marries it together a little more, which I'm pretty sure that's what Take Me To Your Cinema did with his uh, THX 1138. His, I think it was the theatrical cut hybrid, where he kind of he brought up that laziest footage next to the Blu-ray, which was and he downscaled that to 720, and it looks pretty good. It looks the scenes you don't really see, so I think there's there's a, there's a medium somewhere in the middle where it looks pretty okay. I think that there's a there's a benefit as well working with an older movie. If you watch some of from the late 70s and 80s, you can kind of accept that it might look a little bit janky on the screen, even if it is. Yeah, sometimes I think a, a full HD transfer of an older film, you actually see the machinery of the filming a little bit too much and it kind of ruins the magic. I've seen some um, very HD shots of Star Wars, the original movies, and um, you can see the sets are sets and the costumes look like costumes and it kind of robs that magic. So I think there is an argument to say that some things don't benefit from HD that much. Yeah, a lot like I, 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 in my collection, I've still got a lot of DVDs purely because I think there's not really a lot of benefit for it to go to HD or for it to go to 4K. I mean, I've only owned like three 4K discs anyway, but it, it's stuff where it's like, I mean, do I do I need Futurama in <laughs> HD? Not really. Do I need you know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 4K? Not really. Uh, Sometimes there just isn't that need for something to be in HD or to be in 4K or 8K or HDR or Dolby Digital, Visual, whatever, whatever. Sometimes there isn't a need for something to be in amazing yeah. quality. I think there's also the, the added frustration. That I think a good example of this is um, the Batman, the Nolan Batman movies. When they receive new transfers to 4K, they also receive new color grading, which really wasn't as good as the Blu-rays. Um, there's some comparison shots online where you can just see a startling difference. They were much heavier with the tints, much heavier with the uh, with the saturation. And it, it really undermines the film quality. Yes, you've got it in this startling resolution, but you've changed the quality of the image with this new remastered colour grading. And um, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I recently, not recently, so it would have been like two, three years ago, I donated towards getting a, a 35mm uh, scan of a theatre print being done. So, you know, it's as, as it was originally seen in theatres, 
and I've, I think I've watched that once or twice. You know, it's 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 very different to how the Blu-ray looks. It's different how the 4K mm. disc looks. Um, same with any 35 mil scan you'll do of any film. But yeah, I th- I think it's it's always interesting to see how films change through their releases on DVD, VHS, Laserdisc, Blu-ray, you know, whatever. Everything always has different colour timing or different sound mix or everything. And I think that kind of makes... Sometimes that makes editing a film difficult because it's hard to choose, like, okay, I want to edit The Dark Knight. Do I stick with this Blu-ray I have now or do I chip in to get the 4K one? Or, oh, I heard there's a better transfer in the, you know, the trilogy box set, but that's out of print. So I need to pay two hundred dollars mm. for it. Um, there's always that. That's always my thought. Sometimes with going out to buy a movie to edit, um, which I, which I think the the one I did was was Close Encounters of mm. the Third Kind. I had the thirtieth anniversary DVD or or the thirtieth anniversary Blu-ray, but then I heard oh the fortieth anniversary is even better and it's got better colors. So I was like oh all right I'll just go out and I'll buy that one and edit from that and I think sometimes you know, it can prove a bit of a, a challenge to you know or a personal preference which one's better so yeah so when it came to the hobby itself um what got you into it how did you, you you've obviously made lots of edits but something must have brought you to this hobby yeah I was in I was on holiday in New Zealand at the time um this would have been I don't even know, late 2016, early 2017. It was, it was at some point, but I had read an article about... Um, it, was, it was Batman v Superman No Justice, which was... It was Batman v Superman minus the Justice League setup, Doomsday, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash. All that crap was taken out. And this was actually on the... I was on the way to Hobbiton, ironically, which The Hobbit obviously has a million different edits. Um, but it was this Batman v Superman one that really got me into it. And I, I eventually stumbled upon the site and I watched, you know, No Justice and I loved it. And um, it's if I really get the, the itching to watch Batman Superman, I, I'll watch that. Um, but yeah, I, I found my way around the site. I looked like at all the, the database and oh my God, there's a million different edits in here like what and i thought like you know what kind of edit do i really want to see and i stumbled upon the the extended um edition kind of section and i was like gee whiz there's a lot of different extended cuts out there of you know that people have made and i i always had a fascination with you know going going to the bonus features and looking at the deleted scenes and seeing like oh how come they could take this out or take that out um so yeah, I started, and I think the first one I ever tried working on was Back to the Future. I think I just worked off of uh, the DVD that I had, where the deleted scenes were in terrible shape. So I just, I worked with that, and then I made, I made the first version, which I think I've still got on a hard drive somewhere, but it was, it was dreadful, this first version. And I think I was like, that's it, it's perfect. And I think someone, I think I posted clips, and people were very supportive, and like, oh, you know, it's good, needs more work. Um, so then I went out and I bought like the Blu-ray set and worked with, worked with the deleted scenes off that and that was much better. And then I, I paused that and I think I went to the Winter Soldier as well because it, it, it was, I, I really liked the scenes that were on there and it was, it was a little less work so I thought I'll try something simpler. So I, I worked on that and I worked on that and 
got feedback um, from the community and from Digmod, and Take Me to Your Cinema worked doing some some blue screen and green screen work for one of those scenes, which are, is some of the best, I think, fan-edited green screens that I've ever seen. Um, and that got approved, and then that kind of just opened the floodgates, really, for me to start editing, you know, anything I could, I could get my hands on, or anything that I wanted to. So I think soon after that, another one that I did was the, the edit, the fanfix I did of the Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and I, I did the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man one, and, you know, that was really enjoyable, so I kept working on edits, and I kept putting out edits, and, you know, then now here I am, I guess 68 edits later, and I'm still enjoying myself. I'm still loving, you know, re-editing films and uh, it's given me a greater appreciation for kind of the editing of films because I can kind of I can see how they were put together now and why certain shots are included and that sort of stuff so and I mean I'm studying film now at uni so you know this, that's kind of where it's taken me. That's fantastic yeah you say it gives you a greater appreciation of film uh, do you find that you watch movies now and part of your brain is sort of going, I would probably cut that if I ever got this on Blu-ray. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna move that oh. sequence earlier. Or, oh, I really like that scene, but I don't understand why they had <laughs> that extra pause at the end. Do you, is that what you do when you're watching a movie now? Absolutely. And for for some films, I think it's kind of it's it's ruined me to some extent. Where I keep <laughs> I keep thinking like, oh my god, why why isn't it, why is this in here? The most recent thing I think was Godzilla versus Kong, where I was sitting there in the cinema. And I was thinking, like, why is Millie Bobby Brown in this movie? Like, she contributes nothing to the overall plot. And, like, uh, uh, like she doesn't meet up with, like, the other protagonists in the movie. Their paths never cross. She, she doesn't... And the, the ultimate, like, culmination of her entire subplot was, like, stopping Mecha Godzilla for one second. Um, so when I got the Blu-ray, I just cut her out. And it was, like, 40 minutes just gone like that. And... Yeah, so sometimes I'll watch movies and I'll think like, oh, this, like if I'm not quite into it, sometimes I'm like, my, I'll wonder and I'll go, oh, what if I cut out this and that and, you know, put in this and put in that. But, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes it definitely has kind of twisted my brain a little bit where I, I think a little more hypercritically about the editing. <laughs> I found myself getting a little bit distracted when I'm watching things at home. I'll regularly go on to uh, Blu-ray.com and look at the reviews to see which releases happen to have the, the most deleted scenes or or which ones um, have alternative cuts. Because I quite like it when you get an extended cut from a director alongside a theatrical release, and I, I like seeing the differences between them. Oh, absolutely. So several years, 2017, so five years doing it, still enjoying the hobby. What is it that sort of brings you back then? What 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 aspects of this hobby really keep you engaged? A lot of it, a lot of it's you know the, like the community and the people who are in it, and like seeing you know how everyone uh, has has their own takes and their own views on how how a movie should be. It's like the Phantom Menace has a million different cuts on there, or, or the Hobbit has a million different cuts, uh, and it's always interesting seeing you know. I mean, you just put out your own Matrix edit, mm. and there's a million different edits of Matrix 2 and 3, so it's again, it's, again, it's another interesting view um, on these movies, and as well me contributing my own edits, 
Um, and I, again, I just find it really interesting kind of taking a movie and, you know, deconstructing it and saying, like, does this stuff really need to be here? Does this stuff really contribute to the film itself? Does it really help? Does it hinder? What about these deleted scenes? Do they need to go back in? It kind of just gets me really, you know, really thinking about, like, movie making in general and, you know, how did all this stuff end up in the movie, basically? Like, how, how did they get to filming these scenes and knowing, like, they were going to get cut out or knowing that they were going to get trimmed down, mm. stuff like that. Do you ever find yourself looking at a film and thinking, yeah, I'd edit it, but there's already an excellent edit of this that kind of does what I would maybe do? Do you ever find yourself sort of staying your hand and not, not diving in? Um, not Not normally. Sometimes I'll, I'll I'll see an edit. Well, actually, you know, for Anchorman Two, I would say I I've never watched any official cut. There's like four different official cuts, mm. but the Milkman Conspiracy put together the Anchorman Two, the value size edition, which is like it cuts the movie down from like two hours to like eighty two or something. I, I I that is genuinely like one of the I would say one of the finest examples of of fan editing purely because he gets, you know, all these different official cuts and uses bits from every different cut, uses deleted scenes, uses clips from the gag reel, from from bloopers, all this stuff, and gets all of these different sources and combines them into a really good, tight 80-something minutes. And I think, like, I would love to absolutely dig into that movie and edit, but I, or I really enjoy the edit that's already been done, so I don't think... I'll do that. Uh, most most other films, I'll still you know, have unless I really really enjoy a fan edit. Um, I, I've always been thinking about doing um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm. but I know there were already there's already a couple of different edits out there. Some of which I really I really like, like Riddles of the Lost Gods, which is again like eighty something minutes. Um, Take Me to You Cinemas Covenant Edition, I really like. Uh, Fifteen frames a minute. Or 15 frames... Of, 15 MAF, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, he's done the non-paternal edition, I think he calls it, which, again, really solid edit. There's a lot of good edits out there of that, so I, I don't know if I'll touch it in the near future. The Hobbit, I don't think I'll ever touch, though, because that's a whole other, you know, kettle of fish. <laughs> it's, a, it's quite a body of work, isn't it, to sort of start on, and then there's so many so many issues with that film to try and address, but also yeah. to make it smooth and streamlined. Yeah, it's something I definitely don't plan on messing around with. I do think it's interesting that you um, you said that the one you probably wouldn't edit was quite a niche movie, Anchorman 2, whereas yeah. there probably isn't that many edits that exist out there yeah. for it. Yeah. Compared as far to as I'm aware, there's only, there's only the one. Um, mm. but, but I just enjoy that edit so much. I don't think I'd... Like, I don't even want to know what he cut out, because he's listed on the database page, like, oh, I've cut out, like, this subplot and this subplot and this subplot and all of these jokes, and I, I don't want to imagine a world where that film has, like, all those subplots back in. Mm. So, I, but yeah, I don't think there's any other really sacred lands that <laughs> I, I wouldn't cut, per se, that, like, everyone's kind of dug into it a little more. Actually... I won't do a Revenge of the Sith four-hour exclusive Clone Wars ex- Siege of Mandalore. I will never do that. 
because it's been done to death and there's a million different edits if you want to go out there and look I don't think I'll ever 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 do that that's a guarantee that's fair enough I'm not a big fan of the mixed media um, as well so mixing live action with CGI I think it would be something for me that would take me out of the edit although that said I am planning to do a Blade Runner Ghost in the Shell fan mix where the two narratives play out concurrently but that is um, thematic the idea that there's two different mediums is, is actually part of the narrative whereby the, the question is which world is actually the real one the one that looks real or the one that feels real so um, yeah yeah I think that's got a that's got a, like a lot of creativity in it and that's kind of the themes of it being two different mediums rather than mixing together these two animated live action and trying to say that they're both the same story happening yes. at the same time. I think it's it's a little too much like suspension of disbelief for me. And knowing that a lot of those edits have like the 2D Clone Wars show as well mm. and like unfinished deleted scenes back in where it's just there are so many cooks in the kitchen throwing everything into the pot that it's it's too it's too busy for me. Yeah. The um the sort of last question I had to ask was have you got films that you've had to stop working on because your vision just wasn't able to manifest? Yeah, I guess, I guess there are a few things that I've kind of started and stopped or they've stalled or I haven't been able to, to quite work it out. Um, yeah, I kind of, like, it's, I've started doing like an Alien 3 edit that didn't, that was kind of, it didn't really go, it didn't really go anywhere because it kind of, it was enough similar edits out there and I, I didn't think like I, I wanted to do more drastic stuff but I don't I don't think I ended up could like I could um well Thor Ragnarok I was going I, I planned I made a cut list for Thor Ragnarok but then I realized like you know I, I like the theatrical theatrical cut enough and I made an extended edition with that was supposed to be like a lead-in to doing a fan fix but then I kind of realized um uh, like Digmon did a good, a really good edit of that, and I enjoyed it. And there wasn't too much stuff I'd I'd change. Um, I guess my Justice League edit has kind of stalled a lot because purely I'm trying to do like a lot of stuff with that. So that's kind of just, it's really just taking me time more than anything for that one. Is that a um, uh, an edit of Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yeah, trying to get that four hours down to something a little more. A, a little better and I guess that's just taken me a lot longer because you know mixing the theatrical cut with this four hour cut and then you know stuff from the trailers and trying to juggle this whole narrative and all these subplots it, it's tricky and obviously I will I'll finish it eventually I've got to rewatch the work print again and I've watched Justice League now way too many times over the past God, five years, I guess it's been since it came out, um, trying to look at new angles. And I, I honestly, I think I've, I've covered some new ground with this. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll see when it comes out or if I just put out a work print. Um, but yeah, I think uh, there, there was an extended cut of Star Wars that I'm always perpetually working on, uh, but I'm, re- I'm not that great at doing big film restoration stuff because the deleted scenes are in terrible quality on the Blu-ray so I have to do a lot of repairs for that more than just beyond colour stuff you know tears, rips, dirt, grain all that. People have started doing it and started and stopped doing that over the years like for the past 10 years since that Blu-ray came out 
Um, but I, yeah, I kind of I kind of started once, and I realized like I'm not kind of you know I'm not a film restoration buff. I can't quite repair all this all this stuff. Um, I think that's a good place to uh, to to wrap up there. Thank you so much, Bobson, for um, for sitting down and having a chat. No, that's alright. It was a, it was a it was a lovely chat into the and and look into the the world of you know editing movies, other stuff. Leave leave it leave on a high like uh yeah. like George from Seinfeld. You know, leave <laughs> right when you've got the one. That's all, folks.